0: welcome to Golf Lovers United, where we discuss golf the fair way. My name is Mark at Golf Dad UK over on Twitter. And today, Ben and Jay are conducting an outstanding interview with world-class golfer and YouTube golf sensation, one Mr. Luke Kwan. It's a wide ranging interview in which Ben, Jay and Luke discuss everything from TGL to to ProAms, the ego in golf, and of course, the impact of YouTube, content creation, and superstars in the world of golf. It's a really, really deep dive, interesting podcast interview. So well done to Jay and Ben on that one. And if you enjoy this one, of course, tell your friends they can listen on their podcast app of choice or indeed over on YouTube. We did do a bonus episode earlier this week all about why a certain John Ram really joined Live Golf. So if you've not checked that out, please do. As I said, it's on YouTube. It is on your podcast app of choice and at glugc.com. And stick around. Next week, the last episode of The Year Where We Are Coming to you with a very special pro golf critic deep dive. You do not want to miss one and it is a big 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 episode. I'm excited to get that out. And like I said, that's dropping on the 22nd. Again, YouTube and in your podcast app of choice. Now, before we get to the interview, just a quick reminder about our GLU fan zone. If you want exclusive invites to our meetups, if you want shout outs in our show notes and in our YouTube descriptions, if you want shout outs on the show and your chance, To ask our guests questions, you can, of course, do that at the GLU GC Fan Zone, which you can find at glugc.com slash support. And that continues to grow. So this week, we welcome our brand new GLU brand ambassador. It is, of course, Mr. Andy Moore. Thank you for joining us, Andy. And our GLU golf lover, our first ever GLU golf lover, the wonderful Lisa LaMagna. If you want to get involved, you can do that, as I said, at glugc.com forward slash support. Enjoy this interview with the wonderful Luke Kwan.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Ben, Golf Lover UK, and I am joined today by my brother from another mother, Jay, Pro Golf Critic, who... Jay and I have been having a lot of fun on Twitter and on Instagram the last few days because we've been publicizing this interview with Mr. Luke Quan. So Luke, welcome
2: to the show. Thanks for having you me, guys. got very excited about this. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. This is, uh, I don't know, a little early Thanksgiving Day podcast, but I don't mind it. It'll be fun.
1: Yeah, so that's that sneak behind the curtain. So for those of you that will be look, re- listening to this when you listen to this, it's it's a uh, five twenty in the UK on the on the twenty third, and therefore nine twenty Thanksgiving morning over in the US, right? Yeah,
2: I think for East yeah, Coast or no? For me, it's nine West Coast.
3: Uh, for Luke, I, I guess it's eleven. You're you're on Central, so yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The wonders <laughs> of technology, yeah. Luke. Let's let's kick it off. You you and Jay have become good friends, but Jay. Jay's got a story he tells all the time. People might know this. Jay won a pro-am in live and he talks about it all the time. At some point, Luke, I will tell you about when I was winning my club championship and threw it away on the last day. (laughs) These are the two stories all the time, but Jay credits you genuinely with that. So Jay, why don't you just give Luke the praise and then we can interview him. hundred
3: percent. So obviously live golf, Tucson pro-am one of the highlights of my golfing career. Uh, there were two things that Luke taught me that helped me win. So one is sort of the mental side of of golf, tournament golf specifically, that I've really struggled with. And two was sort of wedge game. So and it mm. all coalesced at the very last hole in this program. So there's this huge oh. this huge scoreboard right on the left side of the eighteenth at the gallery in Tucson. We saw we were yeah. tied for the lead, seventeen under. And we were like, we're gonna have to birdie this hole, guys. So (laughs) if we we want to win, so like I could see when I said that, my two partners totally tensed up, and they were like, and they hit like some of the worst tee shots that they've hit of the day. So I'm like, all right, I guess this hole is gonna be on me. So uh, I I went into uh, sort of my mental routine, trying to get focus and like focusing on really really small targets. Uh, and just trying to slow things down, striped my tee shot right down, down the middle, 300 plus. Left me 105 in. And this is where, this is the shot that I was like, five, six years ago before I met you, like I I wouldn't have done this. So, <laughs> yeah. so I had 105 yards left. Um, Usually, you know, it was a little downwind and I'm like, No, I would try to crush a lob wedge and try to get it, get it close. And inevitably, when you swing a wedge harder, harder to control, you're not going to hit it solid. Um, Anything can happen. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to back it down a little bit. I'm going to hit my sand wedge, you know, 80%. I've got the right shot. Like, I've got this. So, and I hit it to two feet. uh, Tap in range. We made birdie on the last and we won by one shot. Stuffed it. Yeah. So oh, wow. <laughs> so thank you again for giving me the guidance yeah. to do that because it's those two things have helped me in tournaments tremendously the last few years. So thank you again for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I mean, I see it all the time in good good which I don't know, they can do they can do whatever they want, but it's just whenever you hit wedge wedge shots like such, with such a big swing you lose control of how much spin you have on it. It's pro- it's usually too much spin. You lose control of the trajectory. You lose a little bit of control of the uh, of the distance control as well. It's like it's like I don't know. I just don't really understand why you would do that. Like I don't care. I don't care what club I'm hitting. I don't care what it says on the bottom of the club. It's an ego like, I just thing. want to get the ball it's close. An ego thing. That's what yeah. No, it's the an ego, ego thing for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: That ego thing seems to be worse with higher higher handicappers. The amount of higher handicappers I see. And I want, we want to get your opinion, not mine and Jay's. And Jay, you're never telling the story again. I'm just going to clip it. Any, anyone who's listening on the podcast and not watching, you, not watching on YouTube, I've genuinely not been looking at the screen because I've heard the story 300 times. <laughs> but I find that high handicappers, and I was discussing this with a guy um, called Stuart Manley, who's just won his DP World Tour t- card back, that high handicappers have got this, they just keep pulling lob wedge. They just keep, oh, I want a nice full swing. Yeah. No, you don't, mate. You just want to hit it 25 yards along the ground with a nine iron. Put the vlog wedge away. Yeah.
2: I mean, I I will say it is more, it it does take more skill to kind of get your distances dialed in with your wedges. And instead of just having a, a full swing, whatever shot, and just, I guess, like stock wedging it. But it's just, the results just aren't as good doing it that way. And I mean, yeah, it might be ego related as well. Like you said, like, I don't. Know, I think they just want to be able to say that they've hit a shot from so far with a lob wedge or get whatever it is, you know. And it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense golf wise. But I mean, if it strokes your ego, it strokes your ego. <laughs> well,
1: let, let, you say talk about it strokes your ego. Let's let's dive into into you. Um, you are a world class golfer who is part of arguably the most famous group of YouTube golfers playing the world. I don't know if anyone else has been watching it. Um, this listening that like I have been, but I cannot get enough of your Hawaii series. It's absolutely super. I appreciate that. And I, and I just look at it and go, is there anything in life that's not great? <laughs> <laughs> Uh what's it like what's it like to be Luke Kwan? It's a really cliched question. But I was gonna what's it like to, to play golf and travel the world and and not have the pressure per se? Because you guys earn good money. You've not got the pressure of having to fight fight for your card yeah. and fight to make cuts. That must be quite enjoyable because you've done that, and we'll talk about that later. You've done that as
2: well. I mean you nailed it, like. Like you said, I've done the whole pro golf stuff where every single shot matters. If it if I miss a 6-footer, it, it it could quite literally depending on where I am on the leaderboard, it could cost me like thousands and thousands of dollars. Whereas now I'm doing stuff on YouTube where I mean, I still want to play well. I, you know, I just it doesn't feel great to not play well, but those 6-footers don't really matter as matter as much. Um I even switched to blades cuz it just I'm sorry, it doesn't matter how I play. Like it's just the the clubs look cool, so I might as well get the get the blades. Um, so it, you're right. It, it's definitely less stress, um, doing the YouTube stuff. It's more fun as well. Um, surprisingly, I thought it'd be, well, I, I thought it'd be less travel doing this stuff, but good, good combined with my own personal trips. It's somehow become more travel. Um, so there's but that. It's on,
1: it is on your terms though. You're not True. having to go to here and be fresh on the, th- fresh for the pro-am. Then you've got a have a nine thirty tea time and then a an early late or a late yeah. early. So while you have got travel, you you can
2: control a, more elements around that. Hundred percent, you're right. I mean, golly, there's been several times where I finished up a tournament, I missed being top twenty five. I think I remember in Dallas, top twenty five Corn Ferry, which top twenty five gets you into the next event on Corn Ferry, and I missed by one stroke, and then I had to go uh, travel to I think. Huntsville or something in Alabama. Like the very next day, go play a Monday qualifier. Didn't even get a practice round. And I was like, dude, this is kind of brutal. This is not like I I already feel like crap for missing a putt on the last hole to get in the top 25. And now I got to go over there and go play a Monday qualifier. I don't really want to go do and uh I mean, you hear all the time pro golfers say it's a grind. It is it is a grind. It really is. Now, uh- and, and and you say before I let Jay
1: jump in, you actually say something quite. You said something quite funny about it. Does, I don't really care sometimes what I hit because I the the, the blades look beautiful yeah. and and they do. But also sometimes, like I was laughing, I watched it um, not last night, the night before, the latest one on the Secret Course in Kapalua, mm. where you suggested you both take you both take five wood or three wood, and because you'd get, you got you chose the wrong club for you and the guy you're playing, and you ended up both <laughs> sticking in the in the long grass. <laughs> and that, and like he was he was kind of not annoyed but also genuinely a bit pissed that you go mate you told me to hit this i was gonna hit four hybrid you've got me to say three wood and we've gone 20 yards too far but that makes great viewing as well yeah, like yeah sometimes the wrong thing actually is great because it's relatable
2: well exactly and i feel like this sounds a bit weird to even say this but my i think one of my downfalls of my channel is that I'm not as relatable rel- relatable as a typical golfer. And so, I don't know, sometimes we will do stuff like, you know, this just is not a hole that you want to hit driver, but we're hitting driver anyways. Like, just introduce a little bit of chaos. Like, I remember – I can't remember where it was in Washington, but it was like oh, – oh, it was in Sahali. Like, one of the tightest courses I've ever played, uh, tree-lined everywhere. And I think we said, like, me and Sean can pick two holes where we say – this is mandatory driver. Don't care what you think. You have to hit driver, and I don't know. It just makes it fun. It just introduces a little, a little different element to it. I yeah. love it, Jay. I know
1: that you're, you've been a big. You've said to me that one of the reasons we've got Luke on, it's never a discussion. Do we get him on? But one of the reasons you're a big fan is that while Luke says he's not relatable, you're a big fan of how Luke helps talk about the yes. game.
3: No, I think that's some something that I feel like, Luke, really, like, you're able to do that so well. And I think it's part of the reason why your channel is really take, uh, taken off is because, uh, look, the great thing about YouTube golf, and we're, we're going to talk about kind of the future and sort of what uh, some of the comments in the media from uh, some of your com- compadres. But um, no, I, I think that there is, there, there's so many levels to YouTube golf that like, watching a regular professional golf on the PJ tour or live or wherever, it's not quite as relatable, but it's like when you have these levels to YouTube where you have, you know, a top level, like, like you or George Bryan, and then you have like a a level maybe slightly below that, like, like Garrett or uh, some others. And then you have like folks that are more sort of amateurish, Like, you know, Bob does, Sports and uh, some would say Rick Shields is kind of amateurish half ha- half the time too, but no, but uh, but but no, I I think a lot of the the great thing about YouTube is there are so many levels, and I think there's certain people that are able to sort of connect those levels, and I think you're one of those people that really does that, which is why you add this like really important component uh to uh to good good, and I think that that's some, something that I think a lot of a lot of people have resonated with.
2: Yeah, uh I mean, shoot, part of the reason why I made that that course that you you watched in the course management program is because when I like when I got into college, I didn't know I mean, I it sounds like I'm saying this facetiously, but like I genuinely didn't know how to play golf. Like I just knew how to swing a golf club and um my coach kind of was surprised that like I didn't know, you know, don't hit it over greens, you know, you stuff about flyer lies in the winter and the summer and and all this different stuff and um, it almost was like I had to learn it from scratch, like an idiot. Just like dumb it down for myself, and I feel like because I had that experience, I was able to kind of dumb it down in a program and 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 tell someone that doesn't really know a whole lot of golf, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that's like
3: really. And that's, yeah, go ahead. That,
2: sorry, yeah, go, go on, Jay. Go ahead. Sorry,
3: that's fine.
1: That for me relates to the amateur stuff that. Oh, so I'm I, I'm I'm a I'm currently a ten handicap. I was an eight. Yeah. Drivers off the off the planet yeah. this year. So drivers good. I'm I'm shooting about four, five over, six over. I've shot three sixteens and a seventeen in my last six rounds, and I have shot two eights and a five. It the drivers all over the shop. But I play with a lot of amateurs that <clears throat> that not knowing how to play a golf course is actually. They're, for many of them, where they lose so many shots. And that's me off of eight, nine, or whatever I'm playing off. Do you find there's, besides that, do you find there's any other very common amateur mistakes that that you go, God, you know what? I don't want to group everyone together, but you're one of three people. You do X, Y, or Z. Because you play with a lot of people. What what do you see out there?
2: Uh, I mean, one of them we have already talked about, like the full swing the wedge shots, no matter if the flag's in the front or the back, like it just... I don't know. There's just more nuance to it than that. And, and I know that it's, it's hard to, I don't know, if you're an amateur or a beginner, like it's hard to really know all those nuances. So it's been, um, let's see, I mean, hitting driver everywhere, which I mean, I know I say on my channel that I do it, but that's just to kind of have some fun, but like y- you're much better off. Just, just don't lose a ball. I, I know it's easier said than done, but all you have to do is just not lose a ball and you're already gaining strokes. Don't make double. Yeah. Don't make, don't double. make double. Exactly. Keep the big numbers off the scorecard. Um, uh, I mean, this is again a little bit more in the nuances with like the iron shots coming into greens. Um, I could have, I could have one sixty, and it could be a front flag, and you can move me up, and it'll be one sixty again for a back flag. So I have the same same distance. All I'm doing is just moving the flag, and I would hit two different shots. And I feel like. You know, maybe some of that is also a personal thing. That's just kind of the way I do things. But um, I just think a lot of amateurs and beginner golfers, they just don't really know the nuances of club selection for different situations and flag positions. There there honestly are just a good amount of different variables for each shot. And it's just hard to kind of learn those things if you're just kind of doing it, going by yourself. Yeah, so and
1: where do they learn that as you say where do they learn that And jay talked about your series that that's that's the difficult thing for some of these people where do they learn it you don't you don't always can't always go online and find that answer yeah do you, do you think there's more to be done from people like not that it's your responsibility but i mean it's content for you it gets you clicks i don't mean it's your responsibility to golf but do you think there's more that can be done with maybe you can get 100 questions in or we can get questions people to get that information and you can impart that on people because I think that video series I know I'd never seen it. Jay got me to watch it because mm. he talks about it and that program all the time. <laughs> but do you think there's more to be done from people like yourself who've got that ability to go out there and share that? Because I th- I think that's going to help people because that's how people consume it these
2: days. I, I mean I agree. And and I was going to say, you know, you asked how do you learn those things. Honestly one of the best ways to do it is just get around someone that's a, like a I don't know scratch handicap or whatever. Like someone that's a good golfer and just kind of like pick their brain at things. Cause you know, yeah, I have my stuff in the way that I do things, but it's, that doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Like some of it is, I guess I could say it's the right way to do it, but like some, a lot of it's like personal stuff and the way that I just kind of do things. And so um, this has just all been things that I've learned over the years, kind of, you know, being around college golfers, pro golfers, and honestly just being curious about how, what they would do in different situations. And that doesn't necessarily mean i always do it their way, but it's, interesting to hear their, their way of doing things. And I mean, I agree. Like if other pro golfers were to do something like this, I think it would be very beneficial, not only for just amateur golfers, like even I would be curious.
3: Yeah. hundred percent. Like one of the things that I think, you know, that YouTube is really uh, sort of tapping into, like, I go, go back to this this video that, um, that Micah Morris, uh, he, he did with, with Bryson. Uh, where obviously Bryson is the very, very top level of golf in the world. And Micah is, you know, aspiring to get, get there. And he was like connecting with, with Michael on this level that like, he could un- understand on like ways to get better that like, I hmm. know there there's people, I know it a, a little bit because I've talked to so many elite golfers now, people that are better than, than me. And like, that has, uh we're, we're living experience in the, in, the, uh, in that, in terms of me learning from you and, uh, right. Micah being able to learn for a uh, Bryson, like that's something that I really do think YouTube golf is totally unlocking. And I think that it's something sort of leads me into uh, the next thing I, um, uh, I want to kind of, uh, talk about. So, uh, Grant Horvat, uh, was at live Miami. Obviously he's done a lot of videos with, uh, you know, Bryson, he was following the crushers and all that. Uh, he made a comment a few weeks ago, basically saying that in his uh, uh, opinion, and it was a little controversial and I don't necessarily completely agree with this, but I thought that it was a really important thing. He said that within three to four years, he thought YouTube golf as a whole and sort of the ecosystem could be bigger than basically the PJ tour in, in terms of its you know, uh, footprint and, and sort of the amount of viewers that it has. And the amount of connections it's able to uh, to make is that something? Do you uh, how do you feel about about that? Is that something you agree with, or do you uh, how do you feel about it?
2: I mean, I don't know about the timeframe. I don't know yeah. what it's going to be like. Um, but I, I, I mean, I also don't know about this. I feel like I'm a little bit talking out of my ass right now. But do we know like the the viewership numbers of like PGA Tour tournaments?
3: Yeah. Yeah, they're they're about like the big ones. I want to say like when they're on you know, NBC, CBS, like the big ones get yeah. like 2, 3 or 4 million is like amazing. Um and then obviously right. you have the majors like the Masters is the number number one and gets, you know, uh 10, 11, 12 all the way up to like 15 million viewers. Like that, that's that's yeah. kind of the viewership. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of where it, where it's at.
2: I mean, I don't know. You might call me crazy, but technically, I feel like we're on YouTube bringing in probably around about similar amount of views per week. Um, I mean, there's new content coming out from so many different creators now that you add all those numbers up. I mean, I know maybe those are you know repeat like same people, but I think I think we're pretty close to to in terms of viewership number wise being pretty pretty similar, um, but. Like you were saying earlier, there's just YouTube, I think, is it's filling something that is very hard for the PGA Tour to try to fill. And it's its personability and, and getting to know like the players and feeling a connection with, with the players um, because you do see much more of a uh, I don't really know what the word is, but like a normal side of the players. Like it, it kind of humanizes us. Versus like you're, you're more accessible.
1: I think the word is accessibility.
2: Yeah. I think that you guys are way
1: more accessible via YouTube and via Instagram and via whatever other
2: mediums people use. I think that's the thing that yeah that that's there is accessibility. Yeah. People feel
1: like they know you exactly.
2: Like you can kind of build a rapport and and banter with the audience and all this stuff. Whereas when you're on the PGA Tour and understandably so, like you're just kind of focused on your tournament, your golf game, and you're it's like you're kind of just one fast uh, single whatever just like one plane. Um, and I don't know. It's just, it's hard to, that's why you guys, you see guys like Max Homa that do show off the kind of their personality. And, and I, I guess like humanizes himself, like through like just funny tweets and all this stuff. Um, yeah. Cause otherwise it's kind of hard to do on the golf course.
3: Yeah. And I think that's where live is like, uh, and this is, this, this is something <clears throat> that I promote all the time. It's part of the reason why I like live some, uh, so much is because you are able to see, a little bit more of the players personalities. Like they're a little bit more relaxed. They're having more fun. Mm. Uh, even somebody like, like Patrick Reed, I heard Patrick Reed's wife, Justine say like, she's never seen Patrick, Patrick as much on, on the golf course. And she's like, he is like, this is more of who he is like as, as a real, right. uh, a real person. I think that the PJ tour product uh, is very polished. Except I don't think that you're really seeing a lot of the true personalities of a lot of these guys. And I do think that they're trying to uh, bring that out a little bit more with, you know, the uh, pit program to like, you know, try to help help people um, incentivize that a little bit more. I don't think the pit program does. It's it's not everything like it doesn't go far enough. Yeah, um, I think live right. is kind of that model that like, honestly, I think live sort of taps into the YouTube world a little bit more. And I think there's there's really one a uh, particular golfer that always comes to mind to me that is like connecting everything right, uh, right now. And that's Bryson. Like, I feel like Bryson mm. is on YouTube, obviously. He's on Live. He's played on the PJ Tour. He's been in all the majors. Like, he is like the... Uh, he is the one that gets it probably more than anybody else. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I know you already... You've obviously got a, got a relationship with with him. You've done a lot of a lot of videos uh, with him. Uh, uh, you want to maybe uh, maybe talk a little bit about how Im- uh, important Bryson is to like maybe you know tapping into this like full potential of like professional golf and YouTube golf.
2: Yeah, I mean, he you are definitely right. He he definitely gets it the most. He's the only one, I think. Uh, maybe I am wrong, but the only one that has a YouTube channel um and i think he just he's just a smart dude and and honestly a little bit of a quirky dude um and understands that you kind of get some videos out and it kind of somewhat has like a butterfly effect where you just don't really have to do a whole lot once the video is out you're just going to let youtube do its thing and kind of uh spread from there but um again it it like you said it it kind of shows his personality on videos that you don't really see on on tv and and honestly the way that they portray him sometimes on TV is just kind of unfair. And so for him to be able to have his own platform where he can kind of show what he really is like and all that, like it makes sense.
1: Yeah. I think that it's it's almost, I I refer to it as the right to reply almost. So he's got his own voice. He's got his own soapbox. He can do his own thing. And I met Bryce and I spent time with him. I, I Walked nine holes inside the ropes, chatting with him at Live London, and he's just a lovely guy mm. and uh, massively misunderstood, exceptionally funny. Um, no, he knows he's a bit quirky, right. and I think people don't think he knows that. Right. So if you just understand that he knows he's quirky, then just get on with right. it. Um, I want to just circle back to quickly to the thing Grant said by you saying, oh, "I think we're already there." I actually think that if we take the if we take the word pro golf and golf and extrapolate them, I actually think you guys are bigger regarding the eyes and accessibility I think that what I wondered about Grant when he said it was did he actually mean people will go to YouTube for golf first in their first thinking of Mm. YouTube golf rather than go and watch pro golf because people while people will still watch pro golf they still watch YouTube golf pro golf is still seen as the higher end the, 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 the this that and the other I'm wondering if how many years will it be if the tour doesn't Get things right, possibly, and understand the way the world's moving. That people actually, their very first call is to go. I'm going to go and watch YouTube, and I might watch the pro golf rather than I watch pro golf and I watch YouTube. I think that's the interesting thing where YouTube becomes the first choice.
2: Yeah, uh, man, that'd be interesting. It's kind of like I was just as you we were saying. That, I was just reminded of like people used to kind of roll over the bed and check their Instagram, and nowadays kids don't really roll over and check their Instagram anymore. The first thing they look at is TikTok. And so it's like kind of a similar analogy of if that were to happen to the PJ tour, uh, I mean, viewing habits change. God, that would be wild.
3: Yeah. Viewing habits change. It like does. it really does. Like that's, that's one of the things that like, I try to tell all these PJ tour traditionalists and people that are in the golf est- establishment. And look, I've talked to enough people now that I feel like there are so many of these older people that just, they don't get it. Like they don't get it at all. Um, and
2: it's like it the youtube stuff or the
3: yeah the youtube stuff and uh just like the future of golf like how you can connect these things to make golf as big as it can be like they don't get how mm. uh how important someone like like bryson is to this whole thing they don't get how important youtube is to even uh, promoting your own product with with the pj tour like uh, you have these opportunities, and I was listening to uh, to Bryson and his uh, production team talk about it. How on the PJ tour, like they're not allowed to do like almost any content, um, yeah. and live. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and live. It's encouraged, and like they want it. Yeah, uh, they want it to happen because live gets it way more than the PJ tour does.
2: Maybe yeah. I've never understood why PJ tour does that. It it doesn't make any sense. Like I remember. <laughs> I don't, there's a there was an Instagram account that used to go to like all these PGA Tour events, the Country Club Collection. Oh, yep. And he would he would film like practice rounds and go just to walk around with all these guys. And now he can't do any of that because the PGA Tour has basically just said no footage on on a tournament site. It's like, do you guys not understand? This is someone that's creating content for the PGA Tour for free, and you know, showing you guys like showing people the 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 more authentic side of players while they're walking down the fairways, practice rounds, it's like why do you not want this? I don't understand.
3: It's a total joke. It's a, yeah, it. It, it, it,
2: yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: weird. And it's, it's almost, it's, it's, um, how do I phrase it? The horse has bolted, the stable door was left open and the horse that's filled it is good. Good. and, Rick Shields and Mark Crossfield and all the other people you could mention and, and um, Bob does sports and, and they've all filled it in different ways haven't they? Yeah. Rick started off doing club reviews and then does some challenges he's done some stuff with the guy. Are you good, 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 good oh, I can't even say it good, good guys and then you've got Mark Crossfield who started off mainly teaching and then does some opinions and coaching and you got Bob does sport is a bit more fun and yeah. challenging Everyone's different, but I think the door was opened and it's now been full and you are not going to empty that stable and shut that gate now. It is done. Right, It is done. And and people like that. And on that, I want to talk about three. I've got a couple of things written down here I want to talk about, but what is it like to be part of good good? And an odd question is there's criticism out there there's praise out there. Do you, do you bother looking at it? Do you read it? Cause obviously pro golf would get criticism and, and they're pretty honest. They say, oh, I just don't look at it, but do you look at it because the difference
2: of your product is your products on YouTube and the comments are
1: literally yeah. a scroll beneath. Yeah. Do you ever look at that stuff?
2: Uh, no, I, I look at it. I look at it. Um, it's kind of a weird way of looking at it, but honestly, I mean, it's, uh, it's like you're self-employed if you're doing YouTube, but, To be honest, your your boss is your audience and the people that are watching are your boss. And if they're not liking what you're doing, then you should probably maybe not change your whole self, but like you should maybe reconsider kind of the way you're doing things. Um, So I don't know. I I look at it, but I also it's unhealthy to put too much weight into it because you can't you cannot win on YouTube comments like they'll it's it's funny because I uh, when I first got into good good, I was kind of fresh still off of pro golf and even I mean I say I fresh off of pro golf but I was struggling I was not playing well. I missed a bunch of cuts on the Latin America tour lost my status um lost my status and I was like you know what, I'm gonna just focus on making videos and so I go to I think um Branson uh Pains valley and with good good and I was playing I guess pretty good in relation to the guys on good good and all the comments were like this guy's too good this guy's too good like he's just he's gonna wipe yeah, everyone I, I
1: saw I saw those yeah I saw those yeah. like
2: he's gonna he's gonna wipe everyone he's just way too good and like few months later i am just like i just i don't know i'm just kind of dicking around on camera like i just don't really care as much and this guy and then everyone's like this guy is just not good anymore like um his game's really falling off and isn't that something which one is it like just you, you can't you can't say both
1: my, my favorite my favorite one was when some <laughs> i laughed at it i like And I, oh, we shouldn't laugh because obviously we're going to talk about something quite serious that happened to you. This guy wrote, great not to see Luke Kwan anymore. He was really boring. Hopefully he's been sacked. And some guy wrote, he's fighting for his life in hospital, you moron. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because obviously you just had your accident. And it's like, people are just horrible. It's just, and like the guy, the guy who wrote that comment must have got, 500 aggressive responses saying <laughs> Luke's really ill Luke's really ill Luke's fighting for his life so yeah people are horrible do you want to talk about that because that's a that, look that was really serious mate wasn't it it was a really serious accident
2: yeah uh it was more serious than I thought it was and I didn't really take it as serious the first what was it, like six hours or whatever it was and I don't know. Yeah. Just during those six hours, like there was just blood kind of leaking into my, there's still a scar here, but blood like leaking. Tell tell
1: everyone what happened. Cause a lot of people will have not, you'll remember that our audience is sort of 30, 40%. We like watching pro golf right. odd YouTube. So a lot of people won't have, won't know what happened. Fair. So tell them what happened.
2: Uh, yeah. So I was just at like an old, um, not old. I was at a, uh, college alumni event where we are kind of just like fundraising and, uh, played golf at university, of Oklahoma. Um, and we're just going across this bridge and I've seen this bridge like multiple times. To- I mean, hundreds of times and I played obviously college golf there. And, um, for some reason I had my head out of the car, hit my head on this like steel bridge and, um, don't remember impact. I just remember asking my assistant coach at the time was driving the car. And I was like, Jimbo, what the heck was that? Uh, I just felt like like a golf ball hit me or I don't I don't even know it just did not feel good obviously um I don't remember anything I I remember playing sorry I played like eight holes after that and I don't remember a single shot that I hit somehow I was playing golf without even it's called like lucid interval I think where you're just kind of like going about your you know life basically and just not remember any any of it um ended up You know, long story short, there was like a lot of internal bleeding inside of my skull um, that you couldn't really see. And I was uh, basically not trying to go to the hospital because I just didn't have health insurance. Uh, I knew it was going to be a ridiculous amount of cost. And eventually my girlfriend finally convinced me and was like, let's just let's just go. And I and I, I don't know what clicked in my head. but I was like, this pain is not leaving and it's not getting any better. I might as well just say, screw it. Just go to the hospital. Um, again, long story short, but I eventually, uh, you know, was in the ER, um, had a couple seizures while I was in a coma and all this and that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they had to basically cut open my, my skull and drain out all the blood. And apparently if I hadn't gone to the hospital, maybe like 45 minutes or close to an hour later, then I probably wouldn't have made it. Um, there's like all that blood is in your brain basically and obviously there's no way of your brain going up because there's nothing up there but if there's too much blood up there your brain has no choice but to just go straight down your spine and once that happens you're pretty much done and so yeah I mean it turned out fine.
1: This is a a serious accident isn't it? Yeah. And how how long was the recovery and I, I, I know again hugely personal do you still have any symptoms? Do you have any difficulties? Do
2: you have any... How how was everything and how long was the recovery? Uh, I mean, honestly, I was back to playing golf in like a little over a month, but like it still kind of felt a little weird. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of take it a little little easy for a couple months just because I was like, this was a pretty serious deal. Like I I need to kind (laughs) of actually listen to what the doctors are saying. And um, But like I don't feel anything different. I mean, sometimes I might – unfairly judge myself for not remembering things but it's like wait you you forget things when you before this accident too like it's you know it's it's hard for me to like know which like if it was a normal thing like a normal human experience to just forget things or if it was from the bunk in my head but um no I mean I feel like I'm normal I feel like I act normal I mean everything's pretty normal I'm lucky to to be like that yeah I think if um if you're how much how much is the medical bill
1: (laughs) Go on, tell us how much is that medical bill? Well, Because in England, in England, that's free. Yeah, We just turn up the hospital, they treat us, it's free.
2: Yeah, and I'm, I can probably say for most Americans, we're very jealous <laughs> of that. For sure. Uh, um, no, I mean, I, I came out and I was like, I think one of my first words I said was, how much is this going to cost or whatever? And apparently, um, I think my coach, my head coach at OU found out that I was in a big accident and he contacted like one of the sponsors or not sponsors, um, like boosters for our, our college program. And I don't know exactly who it is. I, I wish I knew, but someone like basically paid for the whole thing.
3: Wow. Wow.
1: That's great. That's great. To hear Cause you you're, yeah, you, it was a freak accident. And I hate to think of you in the hole for a hundred grand, trying to dig yourself out of that for 10 years. Yeah. And yeah, it's generous person. And, and, and a semi happy ending to a yeah. terrible incident. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think the whole bill came out to. They like showed me the receipt or whatever. I think it was like two hundred thousand dollars, and I just had to pay like 20, 20 grand. I was like, "Whoa, what's, where's the discrepancy <laughs> here? Like, why is it? Right. Why is it only ten percent?"
3: That's incredible. No, that's um, and uh, yeah. you know, your golf game is uh, always an indicator. And I, I can, uh, having followed you for as long as I have. I don't think there's any lingering, <laughs> lingering effects. I mean, That's you're uh, just as good, good now as you you were, uh, you know, before. Obviously. That's good. But um, so uh, actually on a uh, lighter note, you talked a little bit about Oklahoma um, OU. Uh, we obviously had Eugenio Chikara on uh, from your, one of your rivals. Um, and mm. I was actually curious, uh, what school do you guys hate more? Do you guys hate? uh OSU more or do you hate Texas
2: more? Uh are we talking about golf or football?
3: All of it. All of it. Average it out. Oh. Average it out. Or you you can do both. Average you can it do out. do both. You want to do football and then you can do golf.
2: <laughs> well if it's football it's definitely Texas. Because just record win loss wise. <laughs> yeah exactly. Win loss wise I mean yeah we are rivals against OSU but it's like they're kind of little brothers to yeah. us. Like just they just haven't won a mm-hmm. whole lot. So they might think it's a rivalry, but <laughs> it's not really. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Texas in terms of football is definitely Texas. Yeah. Uh, Golf wise, I think it's probably OSU. Yeah, always because they've had such a behemoth. stronghold, yeah. yes, powerhouse for years and years and years. Um. I don't really keep up with college rankings anymore, but I don't think they're doing as well lately. No, they're,
3: they're not they're down. Look, there there's a lot yeah. of controversy about the college rankings right right now, which is par for the course in the golf world. The rankings are just a total, yeah. it's totally chaos. Um Yeah, right. but they're, they're struggling a, um, a little bit. I was ha- happy to see that, uh that Duke is ranked higher than OSU, which might be like the first time oh, ever wow. that that's, <laughs> that's probably happened. Um, Really? But yeah, uh, but no, I uh, identify with the two rivals because obviously, you know, UNC is kind of the main rival of the Duke. But for a lot of the years that right. I was in college and right after, UNC kind of struggled in basketball; they weren't that good. And Maryland was like our big rival. Um, and so oh, yeah, really? oh my god, Maryland hates us. We've nearly gone a show
1: without you mentioning. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, How it's relevant. You guys- <laughs> Look,
3: you're gonna everybody knows there are people everybody knows off. you're gonna hear about duke you're gonna hear about the uh, pro-am stuff that's just the reality that's just how it is so I, yeah if, if if you play like drinking bingo we play do,
1: do, do, do you have um buzzword bingo in america <laughs>
2: something. uh i'm Brilliant. sure i'm sure yeah. some but, people do yeah
1: yeah, so buzzword Bingo. So if you you've got to take you got to take a drink every time we say something. So every time every time um Jay says juke or I mention throwing away my club championships, you've got to take a drink. <laughs> You're gonna be drunk. You're gonna be drunk what listening to this oh, show. Yeah. Right. I'm not having any more juke chat. Okay. It's got to finish. Right. What I would like what I would like what I would like to know is tell me and the listeners about when you started playing pro golf, cause obviously you did some of the tour China stuff and you did some, um, you had some good results over there and then you, the Latin America wasn't going your way, but what was it like being a young man breaking into tournament golf? We've, we've done, we've ironically done the other bit where you stopped and went to good, good and doing your own thing. Mm. But tell me about the other side when you started, when, do you know what? I'm going to leave college and go be a pro golfer.
2: Well, so I guess a lot of people know me from like the PG true China days, at least, the og subscribers know me from pj Tour china days where i won a tournament um got fifth on the money list there honestly it was a great year 2019 it was a it was a fun year um but like that i think i was like golly what was i 26 or 27 or some of like that i like i was i guess maybe that's my if you'd say that's my first year of pro golf but that wasn't really because i um, for the first, I think like three years or so after college, I was playing like mini tour stuff and just kind of sticking around in the U S not because I didn't feel like I was good enough to go play, you know, Peaches for China or Latin America or Canada, but because I couldn't leave the country. I had a, uh, immigration like visa problem where long story short, again, I, um, was under my parents' visa, parents' work visa for like, I think it was 13 years. And then by the time like as I was waiting for those 13 years, I was waiting for a green card and just waiting around, waiting around. Eventually I turned 21. And so once you turn 21, I'm not a dependent on my parents anymore. And so now that visa, that, uh, well, that visa application is no longer valid anymore. Cause I'm not a dependent on them. And so now I had to switch to a student visa. And uh, from there on, it's just basically, you're telling the government, I'm just here to study. And so once I was done with school, I had to leave. And at that point I had been in the U S for, what is that 16 years um and i was like leave like what you tell me where to go i don't know where to go i've been here for 16 years now um yeah and so such a a backward way of thinking yeah yeah i'm
1: not i'm not getting i'm not getting into politics about open borders and this that and the other but you've got a young
2: man who's been in the country for 16 years you're gonna go
1: go legally where legally yeah
2: and so Uh, yeah. And so I was just kind of doing some mini tour stuff. I had like a little bit of, they call it like a grace, not grace period. It's like an OPT where you kind of have some time to figure out what you're going to do. Um, and eventually I was just like, there's no options. I, there, I have no way of staying in the U.S. I S I don't know what to do. Um, I feel childish for even wanting to keep playing pro golf. Cause what am I talking about playing pro golf? I can't even stay in the country and, you know, being with my family and all that stuff and being a place that I've, grown to be very familiar with eventually i was like you know what i'm gonna take a bet on myself and leave the country and go play pj True china go live in new zealand um, because i have permanent residency in new zealand so i went to go back uh live in new zealand 2019 early 2018, or late 2018 and uh basically was saying i think i'm good enough to play my way back in the u.s and uh went to go play Peter's for China. And this is also when I started my YouTube channel is when I, I like doubled down. I was like, I think I can do this. I just need some funding, which um, it was kind of rough at the start. Cause I was trying to find sponsors to help. I mean, pro golf is expensive and as much as you guys know, and I was cutch- st- stuck in this catch 22 where I wanted to go play tournaments to prove that I'm good enough, but I didn't have the money to go play tournaments and like something had to give one or the other. Um, and I started YouTube to try to like find sponsors and luckily, you know, after was it like six months or so after doing it, um, one of my videos popped off luckily. And I told myself if I don't have like 5,000 subscribers before I leave for New Zealand, this probably isn't working. And luckily I was able to hit that number, get some sponsors, go live in New Zealand. Um, and luckily played well in True China.
3: Now, uh, yeah, th- look, we already talked a little, little bit about, uh, how, uh, tough the PJ tour life, just the, the mini tours and all that is, is there any part about that like competitive golf that you miss at all? Or is that, that's something where you, uh, you're like, you know what, I, st- uh, I still got it. Like I need to give a little bit of time playing a few, you know, events just, just to sort of see how, how, um, how I stack up. Is that something you miss at all?
2: Uh, there's definitely a good bit of it that I don't really miss a whole <laughs> lot. Uh, the grinding and, uh, the, uh, I don't know what the word is like money security yeah. wise. It's, it's tough. Um, but the, when things are going well and you are playing well, the, the, the feeling of just kind of like glory, um, it, it's unmatched. You, you can't get it on YouTube. Sorry. Like there's no way, uh, Maybe it's because I just don't really care as much on YouTube because, like, I don't. I, I've just kind of I've done the whole pro golf stuff, and what, if I play bad or play good, like I know the player that I am. Like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with my identity as a player. I'm not a PJ Tour player. I didn't do all this stuff in majors and all that. Like that's just not me. But I'm also not like terrible, and so I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with that. And so it's just when I when you do play tournaments and you kind of, I guess quote-unquote break barriers and you're you know you come out on top and win or play in this um, field that's a stronger field and you win like it's just uh, that glory you can't you can't touch it
4: yeah Uh,
1: yeah the the glory and the glory and the thrill of winning yeah is is it is a drug yeah it is a drug and, and like we, we haven't mentioned tiger but obviously Tiger's a great influence for most most golfers in what you achieve but you can see with certain people when they get that drug of winning yeah and it's just and I, and I suppose while it's a different drug you've you've what you have got is you've got that camaraderie of being in a team and that good good thing so well, it isn't the same as winning, how is it being in the good, good team? And I, I say team, you know what I mean? Right, just right, right. Doing things together. I know you've got your own thing and I, I, I implore anyone who's not watching the Hawaii series to go and watch it. It is superb. And that secret Hawaii course is just unbelievable. Yeah. And it's I, one of I, the best places like, on earth. Th- your, your your stuff's great. Yeah, your stuff is great. But what about doing the stuff as a, as a team? How does that feel? Is that a, a completely different vibe? Uh,
2: It's a different vibe. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I like the team stuff more on Good Good because whenever it's individual, I just kind of don't really care to win because it's like you can't win with the audience. And I don't know. I just I feel like the villain still. Like I've said it on on videos. I still do feel like the villain. Like I just if I win, great. But I honestly don't really mind if I don't win. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just there just just having fun.
1: But pulling for your mates, playing in the team—that—that—that's what you—that's what. You yeah, to like if I'm
2: with uh, Steve, for example, like I genuinely want to f- want to win more because now it's like I feel like it's a little bit more of an even playing ground. Um, and Steve doesn't really get to win a whole lot, so I I try to you know get him some dubs.
3: <laughs> yeah, it is almost like this uh, team stuff has legs. Like I don't know. Well, we'll have to see what yeah. what happens with yeah. yeah it's, uh, <laughs> Live and uh, TGL. Uh, actually, that is one uh, one thing I wanted to sort of uh, touch on a little bit. Like you've obviously had uh, you know a fair amount of experience with you know simulator golf and stuff like that. And uh, TGL obviously was supposed to launch in a couple months, not happening for a variety of reasons. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it still launches in twenty twenty five. I do think that th- again, we kind of talk about entry points for people. Uh, to get into golf, I think TGL is another thing that could potentially be another entry point for um, a lot of people. How do you feel about TGL uh, as a?
2: How, how do you? How do, what is your sentiment on? For you guys, what's y'all opinion on the TGL stuff?
3: So I think the the both of us like it. Do go mean- go ahead? Go
2: okay. Yeah.
1: I, w- I love golf. Yeah. My my name is Ben, but I'm Golf Love UK, and right. I get accused of being a live shill and a live this, right. and it's sim- It's simply Luke. It's bollocks. Yeah, very English swearing there, <laughs> but it's I love all golf. Right. So. I want to see more golf. I want to see more team golf. I love team sports. I played semi-professional cricket. Mm. So it's a team sport popular in the UK. You know what it is, but no Americans understand it. But there we go. Only the most popular sport in the entire world with two and a half billion people playing it. But there we are. America pretended it does not exist. But (laughs) I want to see more sport. I want to see more golf. So I really want to see the TGL. Now, do I think the TGL will work as a viewer product? I don't. I will enjoy it because I like golf. But I don't think that we are ready to get golfers hitting into a screen, <laughs> transferring over to the golfers that go to Top Golf, because they're probably not watching much golf anyway. Yeah. And I don't think they identify with those people doing it. Now, if you had, and this is why I said, I said this, Jay, did I say episode two or three? I actually said, if you had good, good as one team, in the TGL, and you had Bob Does Sports with a couple of guest hosts, guest players, and Rick Shields and Mark Crossfield and whoever else, Peter Finch, making up an English team, I actually think that would transfer over more because they would bring with them their YouTube yeah, audience. Yeah, sure,
2: for sure. Yeah, I think Tap...
1: Uh... I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'm advertising <laughs> you should be doing that, but I think that would make no, it more. No, I relatable. think that's, that's a good well, point. But if
3: I get you, okay, I think that's a really fee. good point. Yeah, no, combining right. teams, like combining this, like just like we just saw in the Netflix Club, like you're combining pro golfers with like you know the YouTube space. Like I think that's something that could be good. Yeah.
2: True, that's a that's a good point. Um, I don't know. I feel like PGA Tour is doing it. I don't know if PGA Tour is even involved in this, but they're trying to do the TGL thing as a response to Live. And I don't see how that's any bit of a good response to live at all. <laughs> I, I don't I don't see – like, I understand simulators are getting good. I get it. And TrackMan, you know, they can measure some incredible stuff, foresight and all that. I feel like, I don't know, maybe more – instead of radar technology, it should be more ball-measuring camera mm-hmm. technology. But anyways, like, it, it, it's just not the same. Hitting a ball into the simulator, there's not the same variables. There's not – like, I can – I, I could quite literally, like, purposely try to slice the shit out of a drive or whatever, and it's just not going to show as much on a, on a simulator. Like, I don't know. It's just not the same, and um, you get to putting even. And I think, what do they say, like, two-putt, automatic two-putts yeah. or something for TGL? Well, I mean, the putting is terrible. They're going to
3: have, like, a whole, like, short game setup, apparently, from, like, inside 30 yards. Okay. It's going to be like this. Uh, I mean, it sounds really interesting. Like, they're going to have, like, real grass There and they'll they'll be able to sort of manipulate the slopes and they're going to have like a bunker. They're going to have like all all sorts sorts of interesting stuff. So I mean, they they got no (laughs) permits. They can do what they
1: want.
2: (laughs) Right.
3: (laughs) Whole other whole other can of worms there, but yeah, that's a good point.
2: I I just I do not see the TGL (laughs) thing at all, and then like them trying to do the uh, the team thing and like what was it? Colin Morikawa said that he's more excited about this than the Cup. It's like.
1: Yeah, oh, who it is terrific. Yeah, what absolute, are you guys saying? <laughs> yeah. When he said that out loud, and and like, again, this is where I get accused of being a lip shield. I'm not, I just like things to be fair. Taylor Gooch said, oh my God, I, I, I can only imagine this feels what it's like playing in the Ryder Cup. And DJ just laughed at him and <laughs> took the nick out of him. And then all the media piled in on him. Yeah. But none of the media piles in on Colin Morocco. Right. it's just that's look, a good point. I don't want I don't want people to pile in on him. I like Colin,
2: but let's just be honest; it's a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. Out loud. He said that out loud. Yeah. No, I, I, that's a great point. I didn't even notice that. Um, I just, I don't know. I mean, and you bring up Top Golf, and you're if you're trying to make golf more accessible. I understand simulators are more accessible than a golf course, but there's already there's Top Golf already. Like, yeah. Top golf has brought in so many more people that have nothing to do with golf, and they get to go swing a golf club for the first time. Like, do that instead of a simulator.
3: (laughs) That's fair. That's a good point.
2: Yeah, I, I look. We've taken up a lot of your time, and we're going to take up a
1: little bit more if that's no. It's all good. I've said this a few times. I said it with Bob Ball the other day, didn't I, Jay? And and I say that as if Jay knows what's going to come out of my mouth. But I believe if you want the future to go of golf to be driving into driving. Into connectivity between generations who do play on screen, don't play on screen. Like by screen, I mean simulators and whatever else it might be in top golf. I think the logical next step will probably come from live. Or look, you guys might be playing this. Could come from Good Good, and like you guys could go and buy a nine-hole golf course in the middle of Oklahoma, or are you in, are you in Dallas now? Yeah, yeah, where, yeah we're all in Dallas. Yeah. Okay, so you can buy a you can buy a nine-hole golf course on the outskirts of Fort Worth. I'm a Cowboys fan, so I, I, I identify strongly with the area. <laughs> and um, I'm, I was born in 82, and I'm English. There was only one team I was going to support. <laughs> they, led, yeah, like they were the only team playing good, good American fair. football yeah. in, the, in the mid-90s. So buy a nine-hole golf course with a small range on it, maybe a short game practice facility, turn it into the good, good hub, and... Young people play there. You've got a bit, of, you've got a range, you've got a nine-hole course. I see that being the way that golf kicks on to the next generation, which is where you have John and Jack, who are eighteen and twenty-one. They didn't go to college. They see golf as a little bit exclusive. Mm. They're worried about accessibility, but what they actually been doing, they love going to the range, but actually there's a nine hole golf course attached to it. Mm. So that's how they get their first try. Yep. And I think that's going to be, if golf wants to develop, if the PGA tour wants to do it or live, wants to do it, whoever wants to do it, go and buy 150 nine hole golf courses and ranges and do that. Mm. Cause that's how you'll create the next generation of golfers. They don't have to, but if they
2: do care about growing the game, what a great, great way to do it. I agree. I agree hundred percent. Uh, I don't know if i can agree with pj tour wanting to grow the game because they've done a lot of things that i don't think is growing the game so i feel like they're just yes. kind of saying things yes. but um, I, I, I do think good good is uh good good was thinking about maybe he's still thinking about um buying a driving range making a little nine-hole nine-hole course so it is in the works i think
1: what well, well, great minds think like <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, jay has got a question because now we, we don't we ask this to to all of our pro golfers about about the major. So, Jay, do you want to ask your majors question? Then I'll do our three quick fires.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm going to put
3: you on the spot. I sh- I should have uh, told you I was going to ask you the, uh, before this. No, I'm no, no it's all good. So, one of the questions that I ask is: so <laughs> let let's say you're a golfing god, and you're allowed to grant one ma- ma- uh major championship to any professional golfer, male or female, somebody that you, you feel is deserving of a particular major, maybe they, they ha- haven't won one, or maybe there's one that they need to complete their career in some way. Uh, you know, what would that major be? And who would you grant that major to? And I'll give you a couple examples. So Eugenio said, okay. uh, uh, Phil Mickelson the U S open because it's the one major that he doesn't have. It would give him the grand slam mm. other people that I've talked to, not me personally, but Rory winning the masters. Uh, we've had a couple people say Lee Westwood because he hasn't won a major. Uh, and he's, he's he's obviously a world-class player. Number one in the world. One of the great players of right. all time, just couldn't quite break through. Um, is there right. one player that sort of stands out to you? Or it could be a current player. It could be a past player. Uh, who would it be and sort of what would the major be?
2: I don't have a great answer for this. I just know – I feel like I've seen Paul Casey come up second at – maybe this, maybe it wasn't even majors. I don't even know. But it was just like second so many times. And uh, I don't really have a major in specific. But I, I, I like the Masters the most. Yeah. So I would say Paul Casey gets the Masters. I love
1: that. <laughs> You like the Masters the most. We were going to be good friends. When you said that.
2: I think. I think British Open. I like the least.
1: Oh, that's got, that's a controversial take. I like that. <laughs> Christ,
2: this is unfair.
1: To be fair, okay. okay
2: what, I hate playing why? in the rain.
1: You've got, you've got to tell me why. What do you not like about the home of golf? About the way that golf was invented? About links golf? I'm up, I'm upset. Okay. Who is it, I, I, I might make you more
2: upset. I mean, home of golf. St. Andrews is cool because it is the home of golf. But if it wasn't the home of golf and that's not where golf started and it didn't have that label, that course is not that great. It's overrated. Yeah. That it's course is not that great. Course. Yeah.
1: yeah. I believe it's a massive overrated okay. course. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. We awesome. we'll at least agree on that. But yeah. Like, like Turnberry, like Trump, t- Trump Turnberry yeah. is head and shoulders a better course than St. Andrews. Right. Obviously you not have the history and the legacy. Yeah. I get
2: that. Yeah. But as a pure golf course, yes. No. So do you, do you not like Lynx golf? Uh, I don't see the appeal in links golf. Like, I don't know. I want to go to a course and be like, this place looks sick. It looks beautiful. And I've, I don't, like, I'm, like. I have tried to have an open mind and like, want to be, I want to be wrong yeah. and want to be proven that links golf is cool, but or are not cool. But like, I like yeah. links golf, but like, I don't know. I just, I also feel like golf has enough luck involved already. And links golf introduces even more sure. luck. And all these different weird bounces, and it just doesn't visually look appealing yeah, either.
1: Right. We 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 will sort it out next time. Whether you come over on your own and do something, I've, one of one of my good friends, a guy called Matt Travis, who runs Swig golf, yeah. he's like desperate. He said, "Look, he he plays off of plus six. He's like, I want to ch- I want to challenge a match against Luke. What can we?" Do? I said, "Look, I'll ch- I'll see what I can sort when next time Luke comes to the UK, <laughs> we will go and play. We will go and play Castle Stewart, okay. which is all Trump Turnberry." Okay. And I can get us on Sunningdale Old Course whenever you want. So if you never played Sunningdale Old, we'll go and play that because my favourite golf mm. is Heathland. Second, my second favourite golf is is um, links. You've already right
3: now. You've just put the British.
1: <laughs> <popular> <laughs> well, but the PGA Championship? I got an Unbelievable. idea. Well,
3: so you or we've already invited Eugenio from the OSU camp to play Sunningdale. We got Luke from the OU camp. I can see a little team thing going on here. We might have to have a little match. I don't know. Just throwing it out there.
1: <laughs> we'll have to do it somewhere different. They won't. They won't let us film. So we'll have to do it somewhere different. We'll get. We'll go and play some Lynx golf and film it. Nice. <clears throat> I'm, right.
2: I'm down.
1: Look, I've, I've got. I've got four quick questions for you. As he opens his phone, right. What is your love hate club in the bag? The club you love and also at times hate.
2: Definitely putter. It's more hate <laughs> it's a lot it. more hate but sometimes love how many putters have you been through have you have you tried
1: mallet have you tried th- uh, blade have you tried such so, slight slightly thicker slightly thicker blade slightly <laughs> thicker blade now it's an oval like- I'm
2: not a big tinker like I'll, I've gone through a decent amount of putters but not like huge like every other week I'm I have a new putter I guess I'm not one of those guys
1: my mate's just got the um, Bentonardi Queen Bee. Yeah. It's a brass club, beautiful looking club. And he's put a cork grip on it. So the handle's made of cork. Now, I don't the care heck? how you putt. He looks so cool. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, cork I'll, grip? I'll, 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 send, I'll send you a photo. Yeah. So it's a it's a, it's a a manufacturer, I don't know what they're called, and they make cork grips. Uh-huh. So the grip is just, it's just, it's so, it looks yeah. so good. Huh. He can't putt. He can't putt for toffee, but he looks great. I gotta say,
3: every elite golfer that we've asked this question to, I think every one of them has said putter for the one that they have a love, love, hate, hey, relationship. <laughs> I
1: don't think this is a coincidence. So we, one person said lob wedge. One person, oh. Stuart, who the interview's Spoiler not come word. out yet, he, yeah, okay. he said lob wedge. Yeah, he said lob wedge. He said it, it's his, it's his favorite club. Um, but every now and again, it just, just yeah. deserts okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What. You and I, you, me, Jay, and Eugenio, we've gone and played Sunday, wherever we've played. And you can have any food, any drink post-round, what do you want? Bearing in mind, it's England, so it's been around about 20 to 21 degrees. And at one point, you've had to put a jumper on because the wind got up. So it's not a real hot California day right. or a hot Texas day. It's it's an English 2021.
2: 20, uh, dude, I mean, I'm not even much of a drinker, but I'll just drink whatever. Like, I'm just not even picky. I'll probably just have uh, whatever is like the local English beer around the area. Okay, whatever it'll that is. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be warm. Yeah, it'll be warm. Yeah.
1: What's your food? You're going to go for? You going burger, sandwiches? What nachos? What What are you going for? Yeah, I'll probably go
2: with a burger. Uh, t- to be honest, I went to the UK for the first time this year, and I the food was a bit <laughs> not great. <laughs> <laughs> the thing
1: is, right? Can I? Can I just be really honest? Yeah, yeah. You right. Who would you trust more about golf and their opinion? Luke Kwan or me? Obviously you. Don't go to England with thin people. <laughs> Come with me and I will show you where the food is good, okay? Right. I know where to eat. It's fine. I'm that's, done. That's, that's, that's that sort of, don't go eating with thin people. I'm it's down. a bad mistake. Right. I will say, 19- to be
2: fair, I I, I must have accidentally, I accidentally grouped in England with Scotland. I just said UK, so I guess that's all of them. But Scotland... Especially, like even their McDonald's was bad. I was like, what, "How is this possible?"
1: Yeah, Scotland. Scotland has some fantastic restaurants, and you can get some fantastic food. But it also, it, it, it doesn't. Have, there are places where it's. What, the problem in England is that, and this is being very honest, is that. We have a lot of average food, right. but where the food is good, the food is absolutely superb. Fair. I actually depend as England having some of the greatest food in the world, mm. but the problem is you've got to know where to go and get it. Fair. That's fair. Like in America, you can just go down the street and eat any you can go to like a Longhorn steakhouse in America and it's still <laughs> quite a good meal. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not trash. Yeah. Whereas you go to a lot of <laughs> you know, you know I mean? compared to compared to UK um yeah. chain restaurants. <clears throat> There's a lot of trash UK train, chain restaurants. Yeah. That's the problem.
3: I gotta try a sausage roll over right. there. Like got, I got, keep hearing about it. Like I've never had a sausage roll before. <laughs> like what?
1: Yeah. Again, again. Though you can just go and buy a sausage roll and it'll be rubbish. I'll tell you guys to good sausage yeah. roll places. Is is that this boy knows sausage rolls? Have you had a sausage? Well, roll? Luke?
2: in New Zealand they call it sausage sizzle, where they it's quite literally um, a white, um, what is it, like bread? It's just white bread with just a sausage in the middle. Is that what you... No, no, that's, that's different not what we're having. What, what we're going to get is we're going to get a piece of
1: meat around about that big, okay. and it's going to be sausage meat. It's going to be so overly rich, you can already feel it making you need the bathroom, but it's delicious. <laughs> Wrapped in the smallest, thinnest layer of crispy, buttery puff um, pastry. Okay, okay. And it is unbelievable. There's some... The, the Belfry do a great halfway house one, so does Sunningdale... Um, there's a load of course to great ones. Very English. Have that Mm. halfway house. Right. I can't believe we've done, we've done nine minutes on not liking Link's golf (laughs) and sausages. Right. (laughs) you've got 90 minutes spare. We've only got two questions left and you can go and enjoy Thanksgiving. You've got 90 minutes spare. What are you going to do? Are you going to have a nine holes on your own or are you going to hit the range? Uh,
2: depends. That one's tough. It depends.
1: No, no, that's a rubbish answer. Give me, (laughs)
2: uh, Probably hit the range. I'm too much of a range rat. Yeah, Same. Yeah.
1: Do you know what's really weird? <laughs> I would always choose nine holes, and we've nearly had... Most people have said range, yeah. haven't they, yeah. Jay?
3: Yeah,
1: no. Most really? people have said range. Yeah,
3: it's been like 50-50, I yeah. Yeah,
1: I think you... Eugenio is the only one that said straight away, definitely not the range. Like me, like I'll just go play in the whole yeah. Some people said oh, a bit of both, yeah. but it's nearly always bit of both or range. Right. Me I love the range. I love I the range.
3: Golf. I love simulator golf. Cause look, I'm just way better on the range and in simulator golf. That's part of the reason why I like them both. So yeah. <laughs> That's it
1: now the last question, and I know the answer is not going to be a links course. What are your favorite two courses you've ever played? We often say on tour or not on tour. But I'm gonna say favorite course you've played with the Good Good or your production and your favorite course where you've, there's been no cameras. You've just been playing. So two courses: one where you've been filming and one without the cameras.
2: Oh, this is tough because I can't even tell you what's my favorite. Like it's just once you get to the top five favorites, it's like you're picking at needles at what's better and what's you know. Okay, list list a couple. Then you can list a couple. <laughs> um, we've got, we've got Jack's point one. is up there in New Zealand. Uh, incredible yeah. views actually solid course design challenging um, Arcadia Bluffs in Michigan another solid one that one looks Lynx-y I think you, maybe you can't backtrack <laughs> there, no, I, mean, that. I mean I mean I wouldn't say it's a complete Lynx course but it kind yeah, of yeah. I don't know uh, I can't wait to make the YouTube tile for this show it's going to be Luke Kwan hates Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> uh what else is there? Mm. Pebble Beach is a good, like it's a cool vibe, but it's not like course wise. It's just, it's fine. I mean, it's, fair. you know, it's good. It's not, it's not like terrible,
1: but it's not like great. Um, I'm scared to play Pebble Beach. One of my good friends, <coughs> his father, when I to play Pebble Beach, obviously it's, it's extortionate money. It's great cause it's extortionate money. He got there and then, and that, 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 Pacific Lair, whatever you call layer, whatever it, yeah, it, it rolled yeah. in, marine layer, and marine layer. And he paid. I think. He, I think he said his whole day with a with a hotel, yeah. the caddy, the golf. The, it cost him like thirteen hundred dollars, and they got they got to is seven the par three or six the par seven. seven the par seven. 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 Yeah. seven He got to seven, and they couldn't see oh. the sea. Really, just see the you green. can get some
3: bad weather days <laughs> out like, there. I've been lucky. I, he yeah. I said like. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, thirteen hundred quid to see to not see one of the most famous. Sports <laughs> yeah, <people. laughs> that is brutal. That there is brutal. there are
3: benefits to being a California resident. Like every time I've gone out there, it hasn't uh, been nearly that uh, that expensive, and I don't have to stay in a hotel. You you can book it a day or two uh, prior, and like if you know the right people, you have you could pay way less. So, um, and I've been very fortunate. I played out there probably uh, ten, twelve times. Great weather every time. So you just never Ben
2: sounds like you got to go with Jay. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I do want to go, I do want to go with Jay, but I want Jay to come to the UK because there's so much fun he's going to have when we bring him here and and also Jay's got to get his passport renewed and I I'm not coming until Jay's got his passport redone and
3: don't blame Mrs. Pro Golf critic it's on you. <laughs> no it is, it is. That's I got to work work on that. It just expired and I know that just ugh. Another thing about, about the U S, these passport renewals seem to take forever, apparently. So if I'm going to make, if I'm going to make the UK in the summertime, I basically have to get it in now. So yeah.
1: I gotta don't g- moan about you. You moan about U.S. passport news. The U.S. said the Luke you've lived here for 16 years. <laughs> Go away. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> Oh my god,
3: we could start a whole other podcast with like all sorts of like issues with immigration. U.S.
2: immigration yeah, oh and goodness.
3: administration. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not doing U.S. <laughs> politics podcast. We're not no. there yet.
1: Yeah, we're not there. No.
3: Yet, but
2: well, I, I got a question for you guys. Oh, yeah. Uh what, what do you guys think about the whole the live the, the live and PJ tour merger? What do y'all What do y'all think is going to happen? It's a good question. Think or what? Oh, yeah. Uh, not want. What do you think is going to happen? Okay. Jay, because do we go oh, different opinions? Oh, yeah, opinion we do. We, we, okay. go, go, Jay.
3: So I think what we want is definitely the same. I, I think we want this Umbrella Corporation to have Live and the PJ Tour and DP World Tour. We want everybody to be work, working in lockstep. Yep. We want to have this sort of global series of um, events that has all the top players uh, from every tour um, in a series of 12 to 16, 18 events, uh, including majors. I think that's the path forward. The more I think about it, I still think that that's the most likely outcome just because I feel like when you have all this money being invested into the game from the PIF of Saudi Arabia, and then you have all this private equity here in the U S the only way that we're really going to get a return on all this is like we've got to do some, something different like we just do. So we have to invest in this sort of global series of events because it's something that's never happened before where you're guaranteed to get basically right. all the players, not only for the four majors, but for an additional 10 to 12 events that includes live events, hmm. traditional sort of legacy PJ tour, a couple of European tour stops. Like you could get Scotland in there, you get Spain, you get, uh, you know, a couple in the Middle East, you get a couple in Asia. Like I think that's the path forward. I'm hoping that is what happens. Every day, my opinion changes a, l- a little bit, but um, you know, just just kind of knowing who's bo- uh, who's uh, behind this. And a lot of people have told me that, like, pe- uh, people very high up um, in Live and and um, in Saudi Arabia have read some of my stuff, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's like." that's the path forward. So now I got to go mm. with, go with that. So I'm sticking to it.
2: So, I'm going to die on that hill. So you think it will? Yes. You think they will? Merge? I think so. I, I think it's okay.
3: the only way it's going to actually go through is that um, it isn't only going to be PIF investing in the PJ tour. I think they've got this bidding process out with these other folks like Fenway group. It's going to be Fenway group. It's going to be PIF. They're going to inject the uh, PJ tour with all this money. Live is gonna go on, PJ tour is gonna go on, European tour is gonna go on, and there's gonna be more crossover.
1: Interesting. Okay. I- I don't think... I, I would like to see... We're about 80% of what, agreeing on what we want to see. i like like it be yeah. slightly different. I'd like to see Liv... I'd like to see live be like the WGC, running a 12-event series and being the pinnacle. And everyone qualified to be in the WGC. You qualify at the beginning of the year, and those players are already there, are already in existing teams. And then the newly qualified players, they form the rest of the part of the teams. Some version of that, I think that'd be great. Mm. Um, but much of what Jay said with the global tour and Liv being all around the world... Doing Doing it. What do I think is going to happen? I think, Luke, that if in seven weeks' time this isn't sorted out, I think the PJ Talk could die. Really? I think so. I've worked in the Middle East. Um, I've got a lot of friends over there and they're very proud people and they're not stupid. And I think the problem the PGA Tour have got is I don't think it's got some, I don't think it's got great leadership. Yeah. I think it's made consistently poor decisions every single step of the way. Starting with Jay Monahan boasting, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take Greg's call. Yeah. You're the CEO. Your job is to examine the strengths, weakness, opportunities and threats. That is literally your job. Right. And you boasted that you wouldn't do it. If the deal isn't done in the next Six, seven, eight, nine weeks. I think what will happen is you will lose a few more players. Strong rumours about John Rahm. By the time this comes out in a week, he might have gone. Strong rumours about Patrick Cantley. People telling us that Tony Fino is definitely going. So let's just examine that Fino, Rahm, and Cantley go and maybe one or two others. They might not, but let's just say that, let's just say with all the rumours out there, they go. Or three other players in the top 50 the majors start to look even more ridiculous excluding Liv by Mm. using OWGR. Mm. So the majors now have to find a route because they cannot be seen to not have those players in their event. So the the majors find a route to allow Liv players in. The second that Liv have a route to the majors that's not OWGR, the PGA Tour is done because you'll have 10 other players go, well, the reason I didn't go was because I wanted access to the majors, and I'm now not getting it. Right. So then you lose ten players. The PJ Tour has now not got the ability to charge the TV what they want. The tour, the tour sizes become per size become smaller. X, Y, and Z. And if you want to see how that's going to work. Look at the DP World Tour this year, last year, and next year. The DP World Tour has hemorrhaged players, hemorrhaged quality, hemorrhaged viewers. Their TV contracts are up for renewal very shortly. They are not going to get the same money. I'm not being horrible, but do you, Luke, want to tune in to the 13th best player in the Czech Republic? When you used to watch Westwood, Poulter, Keimer, um, the guys that are going this year in Moronk Straka, who went the other year... Um, Minwoo uh, uh, Min Lee, all of these players that have disappeared, or do you want to watch Sweden's ninth best golfer? i um, of course, that ninth best golfer is going to beat me by 40 shots. Right. I'm not stupid, right. but I'm talking as a product. Yeah,
2: no, 100 That's what I worry will happen. 100%. I mean, I, the only thing is, I worry that when you do make it, um, like tiered events, like they're doing right now with the, uh, Designated events and they're they're doing something else. I forgot. I I don't know why I'm blanking on that. But it it makes it. Oh, they're giving like three times more points for the designated events, and so it's like, yeah, it makes it tough for you to, if you're not in the top fifty or like the one of the flagship players on the PGA Tour to to make anything of yourself the entire year or even like try to keep your card is tough. I mean, Asian Tour. I know that it's basically the same thing. Like. If you're a ric- rookie, your first year on the Asian Tour, if you don't win, you're probably losing your card, wow. which it's a little bit too yeah. much on the side of like job security for the guys that are at the top.
1: Well, if you want, if you to some data on that, and I can't remember who did it, it wasn't it wasn't <clears throat> John Richardson. it was someone else who did it. Who, who's it big into rankings? So they're having seventy people in these designated no cut events. Mm. You can if you because of the ex- extra points they're getting, Luke. If you finish between 55 and 65 in those, I think it's 10 designated events, you can't lose your card, even if you don't make cuts in the other events. It's something so egregious as that. Someone's going to be, I can see some of the comments going, no, Ben, you're wrong. It's actually missing two cuts, like whatever it might be. Right, somewhere but on those lines. It's something horrific that you can just turn up to these designated events that you're now auto in You can finish close to DFL, absolute yeah. effing last. Yeah. And keep your card even if you don't perform in the other events because of the ex- extra yeah, points no, you're getting. I, I, yeah.
2: I mean, it just it's silly. It and it's it's very short sighted of the PJ tour to look at things like that. Because look, I understand if I was the PJ tour, I would want to look out for my guys at like the flagship players too because those are the guys that kind of bring in the most eyeballs and they're kind of your I don't know biggest assets on the PJ tour. I get it, but do you not want to like invest in the future generations and the better players coming up and also? I mean, competition breeds a better product, does it not? Yeah. So why would you try to do the opposite and discourage competition?
3: Yeah, that's where, like, we're – it's a very slip, uh, slippery slope. And I do feel like – look, we're also dealing with, with reality here. Like, we have been moving towards – and Phil has been talk, talking about this for, like, 10, 15 years. Like, there's a there's sort of a tier one of the PJ Tour that basically is, like, the top 25 to 30 players. And then there's pretty much everybody else that that's like the top 30 players are the needle movers that like drive revenue and all that. Um, All those other players also have value 100%, except Mm. their value is in sort of the collective value of all those players together. The value at the top is driven mostly by individuals. So I kind of uh, tapped into this a little bit um, in my last article that, that I posted about what the future of golf could look look like in an ideal world in 2028. Uh, it's an aggressive timeline, but it's like it ties all these things together with like, you know, having a, a player union for like the uh, the rank and file players, like everybody that's sort of outside that that top tier. Having that top right. tier have equity in sort of teams and the for-profit products and basically everything in the professional golf world being split 50-50 between the the players and the ownership like that's because that's where every sport um, in the United States has gone and there's a reason why that's um, it is the way that it is like that the NFL baseball NBA like they're all basically the, the same I think golf has to tap into that um, and, and look, this is a topic that I'm going to, uh, sort of dive. I'm, I'm probably going to do like a two hour podcast on this at some point, but, uh, for the time um, being, I wrote a piece about it.
1: I'm not uh, <laughs> on that podcast. I've lent into the microphone. You're on your own brother. I love you, but oh, you are on your own. Trust
3: me. I will be able to fill these two hours entirely by myself on this. So, um, but, uh, but no, look, there, there's a lot of different ways this can go. I just think that that's the way this has been going for like the, the last few years, I think Phil has been right about all the stuff in terms of certain mm. players realizing their actual value and maybe some of the other lower tier uh, players, like them being sort of uh, their value not necessarily equaling how much they're being paid. And I think there's going to be like a giant reset the next five years of, of this, where like, look, a, a middling PJ Tour player, instead of making five million, they might make three million. Like, that's still really good. So, so I, I think yeah, there's yeah, gonna yeah. there's there's gonna be a reset. There's gonna gonna be a balancing. I don't know exactly how it's gonna gonna play out, but uh, that's why this is so fun, and that's part of the reason why we started this podcast is because this is the most interesting time uh, in professional golf, mm-hmm. and this is like the time for us to really talk about this because let's let's be honest in the golf media, there's not very many people really like diving in um, into this and doesn't have the sort of layered takes that we have one on this particular podcast. So,
2: or biases well, of their yes. own.
3: Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, don't get me started on the corrupt golf media. It's a whole nother, whole nother yeah. thing, but yeah. but yeah.
1: No, don't <laughs> let him start. Don't let him start. Right. I'd It would be unfair not to throw that question back to you just to get your version. But all I'm going to say very quickly and where I think the PGA Tour is going to struggle now there will be people that go, no way would I rather watch YouTube golfers. Well, that's your choice. I'm not gonna make you watch it, mm. okay? You don't have to watch it. Would I rather watch Luke Kwan and not Good Good, but Luke Kwan and three mates, <laughs> other members of Good Goods, Good Good and their mates, versus Rick Shields and a couple of his mates in a video series where you all played each other in like a Ryder Cup style format. Um, and you played nine holes like this. Nine holes. I'd much rather watch that than the Sanderson Farms. Where, <laughs> right. and I'm not being I'm not being derogatory to whoever wins it or the John Deere Classic. But like you look at the strength of field and like the lack of accessibility to the players, knowing who they are. I would much rather watch that. Much rather watch you guys play each other, taking a mick out of each other. There is a. There is. Li- I looked at it earlier. There is a. Channel on Instagram, which is a bloke, an amateur bloke. I cannot, oh, of course, I'm not going to find it now. I need to find it. He videos him and his mates playing um, on pit, on crazy golf courses. Mm. They get fifty 000 to sixty thousand views of every single video of one golf hole. <laughs> It's Matthew, Danny, and whatever. And, like, I've been been looking at them, and they've got, like, nearly 250,000 followers. So when people say, oh, YouTube golf, what's it going to get to? Well, there's a bloke, there's three blokes, four blokes, who can't play golf, and they video themselves playing on crazy golf courses. They've got 250,000 followers. They average tens of thousands. People don't understand it. People want entertainment, and they don't just want to watch 18 holes over nine hours from... Iowa. We gotta right. get they more creative. Right. I mean,
3: yeah.
2: what, 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 okay. what were we gonna
1: say, Ben? Like, what, what do you think of that? Like, again, like, it's not, I'm not trying to smash the tour or, or live or anything, but when people are, you say, like, people are making product out of that. It's surely this is why the tour is gonna struggle because they're gonna come up against people just don't wanna watch the other stuff.
2: Right. Uh, I think an easy way to kind of, if someone says, you know, what is YouTube going to be? YouTube's YouTube golf is YouTube golf. It's not the PGA tour or whatever, Look, there's a reason why Callaway has partnered with good. Good. There's a reason why Taylor partnered partnered with grant Horvat, Micah, and all those guys. Um, I think tideless is with no laying up. I don't know exactly yep, what, but that's correct. There's a reason why they're, they're partnering with these people is because these groups have eyeballs. And at the end of the day, eyeballs is what matters. And look, I love the, you know, Austin Smotherman's the, Adam Svensson's the Taylor Pendrith's the like these guys are unbelievable golfers and I've seen them like firsthand but and this is by no means a diss against them but like they don't have the eyeballs on them and I'm sure they're getting paid I don't know let's just highball it say like 70k 100k even from their club companies but you know are those club companies really making a return on on doing that I understand that a lot of it's you know to try to um, um, you know, in case they do, you know, become the Tiger Woodses or, or John Roms or whatever, you know, become that magnitude of player to have that kind of relationship where you're with them early on. I get it. But you can. I think Calloway and made know what they're doing in searching for where the eyeballs are and they're going for, you know, creators on YouTube and stuff like that, because that's where people are watching. 100%.
1: Have a word. See if they fancy sponsoring a chubby white guy <laughs> and a chubby black guy because we'll take the club. Hey,
3: I'm not <laughs> chubby. I'm big boned. Let's just be clear on that. That's a very important dis- distinction here. You're built for comfort, oh, not yeah. for speed, Jake.
1: Yeah. You're built for comfort, not for speed. No, like, that's a great answer. And I'm I, I just going to give them a shout out just because I mentioned I just found them. They're called Twin Tour Golf. Haven't seen it. I'm looking at them and like, like – they get like 20, 26,000, 26, 30,000. It's just three or four blokes hitting a golf ball on a crazy golf course. And they're wearing, the guy's wearing a lumberjack shirt and no shoes. And they get like 30,000 views. They're, they're number one pinned video, which is their very first one. It's got, got 1.5 million views. So when people say to me, oh, how where is it going to go? Well, there's a great example for you. Four non-golfers putting has got a one and a half million oh, views right please answer your last thing answer your own question where do you see the merger going what are your thoughts because you played on tour you know loads of people you're university educated you you understand a lot talk to us about it
2: I mean no one I feel like quite literally no one except for like maybe two people on the three people on the BJ tour whatever not even players like like the guys that's you know on the executive board or whatever knows what, what's going to happen but I think it'd be naive to think again I don't want to get into American politics but uh a bit naive to think that a group in Saudi Arabia like the PIF with all the money that they have to think that they don't have some sort of influence on the judges or whatever the the, the process in order to try to get this thing through it's a little bit naive to think that that doesn't have a that doesn't have play a part um which sucks, because that's just how it is in America. <laughs> you can kind of just <laughs> buy your way into doing whatever. It's
4: true.
2: But I I think it will happen. Um, what it ends up looking like, I have no clue. Um, I don't know. I keep hearing stuff here and there where people are saying that it's not going to happen. It's going to fall through. Things kind of seem like it's behind the timeline of things. I um, can't
3: trust what's going on. In I don't know. Like, I told people all the time, like, what's going on in the golf media, what they're putting out. They've been wrong so much the last year and a half. Got to take everything yeah. with a grain of salt. So, I mean, yeah. because yes. it's mostly coming from one side and it's like, I've been telling people right. the Bloomberg side is the one that's more on the, uh, sort of Saudi piff side that like, I, I feel like they've been more accurate the last year than like any golf mm. media, because, and this yeah. is something we talked about with, uh, with Bob ball. that's going to, going to come out later uh you know the, the golf media is sort of grossly underqualified to sort of talk about all this like geopolitical economic like influence from all these parts of the world like it's so complicated and so crazy that like they're just not the people that signed up to do like golf journalism were not signing up for this so it's it's just all right
1: They've, they've got no interest That's in nuance. It. That, that I've, I've said that so many times. They've got no interest in nuance, and they're still very much in that clickbait in some... Not, not all of them. I know Jay hates <laughs> them all, but I don't hate all of them. But um, <clears throat> my favourite one was Shipnock yesterday. Phil's, Phil's going around saying that this John Rahm deal is completely done. Yeah. It feels like, I've never said that. You're lying and making stuff up again. You're subhuman or whatever <laughs> Phil said about him. And everyone's just dying with laughter and like Shipnook's got to run away again. And I, I, I don't dislike Shipnook. I'm just saying it's a great example of a media member going, Phil's saying this. And Phil's like, I'm not. <laughs> not said it at all. Yes. <laughs>
3: The interesting yeah. thing is in the the silence of certain people. Like, there's all this stuff coming out about about John Rom. John Rom hasn't said anything publicly. That um, in itself tells you there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And I know for a fact there's mm-hmm. a lot going on behind the scenes. So, you know, we'll have to see how it all plays out. But yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Look, it's fun. Look, we've
1: taken we've taken so much of your time. Um, if we it's stay on any longer. Jay is going to say the words Duke again. He's going to say the word <laughs> Pro-Am again. So we we got, we got to end because we've frankly heard it too many. If you say Duke, I promise I will delete your audio. I am not,
3: when I'm Luke God said Paul it. Casey, I almost wanted to say, look, he hasn't won a major, but he did win the Pro-Am with me. So it's like a near major. So anyway. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I didn't. Oh know yeah, that. yeah no
3: that that's uh, yeah, yeah he, I, he was my partner. I wonder <laughs> if yeah feet. he was my my, uh, my partner. But uh, no, look, Luke, <laughs> Luke, we we can't thank thank you enough for coming on here. This has been great. Uh, we'll we'll definitely if you'll allow us, uh, come back on another time. It'd be awesome, um, dude. I'd be yeah. down. I'd be down. This is yeah, that's no, awesome.
1: Yeah, look we. we, we we're going to try and do some, obviously you've got a very busy schedule. You've got loads of important people to film with, but at some point it'd be great to do something with uh, the Golf Lovers United podcast, getting absolutely hammered by you at some point <laughs> in, in some form of competition. Um, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, please go onto the YouTube. I say the YouTube, <laughs> to pretend I'm old. Please go onto YouTube and just type Luke Kwan, type good, good, and just go and enjoy it. And if you've never seen Luke's content before, Holy fuck It's wholesome fun. That you, that, that Hawaii series is great. It's you and a mate laughing, playing some world class golf. You picking the wrong club when you end up in long grass. I love it. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm crying. <laughs> it's great. Go and watch it. Luke's on. Luke's on Instagram. Just suits Luke Kwan again. You'll find him. Luke, thank you so
2: much for today. Thank you, guys. You're a
1: friend of the show, and really appreciate it. Yeah, it
2: was great. This is. Uh, thanks for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. I'm. I'm down to come back.
0: Please join me in thanking once more the fantastic Luke Kwan for that outstanding interview. I'm always fascinated to hear what it takes to be a world-class golfer, but also I like to hear what other people think about the game. I like to hear what people who are a little bit more in the game, inside the ropes than I might be, what they really think about the future of golf and the impact of things around the world on the beautiful game that we love. So thank you once again to Luke. Now, I've got to tell you, you need to stick around next week for our final episode of 2023, where the fantastic at Pro Golf Critic is going to be going deep, deep, deep on his version of the future of golf and certain things around the business aspect of things like the PGA Tour and Live that we might not be privy to it's going to be a fantastic episode a very very deep dive as only jay can deliver so that's coming next week on youtube and in your podcast app of choice just search for golf lovers united or tell your friends they can listen at glugc.com Speaking of which, if you want to join the fan zone, like the wonderful Andy Moore, who became a brand ambassador this week, or the fantastic Lisa LaMagna, who became one of our GLU golf lovers, you can do so at glugc.com slash support, and we reinvest everything from that support back into making this show the best it can be. Until the next time, my name is Mark at GolfDadUK over on Twitter. Have fun, keep on playing, look after yourself, and bye-bye for now.